0: Fuel is the official podcast of the 434th Air Refueling Wing. Join us for airman connections, leadership insights, mentorship, and happenings mixed with some fun and humor. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any person or business is ever intended.
1: Welcome to the September edition of the Fuel Podcast. I'm the host, Chief Nathan Nathan Parks. Wow, I had a problem with my own name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the (laughs) the Command Chief here at Grissom uh, for a little bit more uh, time. And then as always with me, the guy that produces it, the guy behind the mic, behind the computer, is Tech Sergeant Josh, the dream weaver. So Josh, welcome.
0: I'd I, I just like to say you need to say September 2022 yeah. because you know now this has been going on for more than a year. So yeah.
1: people could be confused. That's crazy if they're going back and catching up, which uh, whatever. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this September UTA jam-packed, right? So uh, we've got a commander's call on Saturday. Uh, we got the fitness program stuff on Saturday afternoon. So if you're participating in that, and, and I will tell you a lot of people, I think, had some reservations about the the fitness program. So we're offering that to really anybody that wants to go to it. But if you are setting, if you're non-current or you've been on a failure, then uh, you need to go to the program. And we've got some, we put some phenomenal resources out there to to help you through this time. And it's a lot of fun too. So we, we get to jack around a lot and have a lot of fun and exercise. So uh the job fair, we're having a job fair. Uh, it's to find out about some new positions, Find figure out how to be you know, go from E to O, just different positions that are out there. There's a 9-11 ceremony on um, Sunday. And so uh, look in, there should be an email out about that. So check into that. And then also the new chief, command chief, the guy that's going to replace me, he'll be way better than me. So I was the first AGR command chief. So anytime anyone's the first, I'm always like, you're the first, you're the worst, you're the best. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I was the first and worst uh, AGR command chief that you guys ever had. But uh, chief... Uh, Brian Jensenius is coming to us from McGuire, and and he'll be on base. I'll be walking him around. So if you see us, please uh, stop and shake his hand. He's a phenomenal dude, very approachable. Um, so, uh, and then we have the October UTA is right around the corner. So some things that you need to get taken care of. This UTA, if you plan on doing the family day, is your lodging. Uh, make sure that uh, all of that is squared away uh, with lodging. And then also October starts a new fiscal year for us. So... Uh, a lot of outstanding vouchers and stuff. And, and so a lot of that money that's out there, we can't recoup if you don't file a travel voucher. So uh, make sure that you don't have any outstanding vouchers if you went TDY lately or or anything like that. Let's, let's really get after this readiness and uh, making sure that we are uh, capable airmen that uh, are taking care and accountable uh, for our own actions. So let's have a good UTA. All right, so here we go. September... UTA, uh, 2022, and this was my last UTA. And so, uh, things are a little bit different this time. I was asked by the historian to do an exit interview. And so, uh, I said, how about Josh just do the exit interview with me on, uh, on the podcast. And so right. I'm usually asking questions. We'll see
0: how quickly you regret this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you, Josh will, or, you know, the, the dream weaver will be asking me uh, questions, and, and we'll see how it goes. So,
0: Yeah, so I've sat in on a couple of these, uh, maybe just one. I don't know that it was necessarily an exit interview. It was more of a historical interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat down with uh, Brian Knowles, the historian. And uh, a lot of times, actually, I guess the only time I've seen it, making it sound like I've done this all the time, like I'm the historian. Um, He just asks the question, and then the person gives an answer. There's no, uh, not a whole lot of back and forth kind of conversation. Uh, So I would say that we change that up, and there should be some back and forth conversation because I'll feel awkward just over here asking, what do you think about, it'll be weird. For sure. So, um, all right, well, let's get started. And this is, uh, I guess, from the the start here. So you show up here August the twenty one.
1: No, so November.
0: Holy smokes, I'm way off.
1: November of twenty. It so was. I've been 20. here two years. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, time flies when you're having fun, right? That's right. So just, That's right. Yeah. My
1: first UTA was actually September of. Um, the first time I came to Indiana was September of twenty twenty.
0: Okay, so we'll go September of twenty twenty then. Mm-hmm. First time out here. Um, what were your first impressions of Grissom? Like the people the facilities uh, surrounding area
1: yeah so uh my wife and i actually when when i ran into to chief marion at a a dt board and and so he was saying that he was going to retire and they were going to advertise the position eventually blah 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 so i told my wife and we started thinking about it praying about it and and so neither one of us had been to indiana and so we said hey before we can really make an educated decision, we probably should go to Indiana. And so we took a vacation, if you will, from (laughs) Las Vegas. (laughs) So we flew from Las Vegas to Indy and then uh, drove up and stayed here at Grissom for a few days. And not an official visit, not anything else. We just, I walked around base. I just found random people, asked them questions, um, just talked to them about the base, how they felt. Different things like that, and then uh, we, you know, went to church in town here at a, at a, a local church, and tried a couple different restaurants, and kind of looked around at the housing market uh, to check it out. And uh, I will tell you, when we were driving up here from from Indy, uh, I got to the like the the museum, the air museum. Yep. And we're coming down that that stretch, right? So that's the old Grissom. Yep. And my, Leah goes, Are we on base? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> like if we I said, if we are, you got terrible security here. Yeah. <laughs> this, I did the same thing. Yeah. And
0: I grew up in Indiana and did not know that Grissom was here. And so the first time I came, I thought, Am I am I on base right now? Yeah.
1: And then there you get to that sharp corner that says like Grissom air reserve base this way. And so I was like, Okay, I think we still got a little bit of ways to go. And so then kind of quickly figured it out through, you know. Looking back at the research that I'd done and stuff, okay, that was the old part of the base. This is, this is the, uh, the actual active part of it. And so I uh, came in and, you know, the I, I stayed in the, the chief suite here at, on uh, base, which hey, is— well, a little, What's that like? It's a I've like, never seen that before. Little, I, yeah, a, I would say it's a little dated, right? Yep. And there's all these pictures of chiefs and chiefs' heads and everything else that all seem to be staring at you the whole time. So, so you <laughs> never feel like you're alone that in that room. Was I'll that was fun to go to sleep, right? Yeah, so, uh, but it was kind of in the middle of COVID. So there was no, like, room, you know, that I couldn't really talk to lodging staff. I really like to talk to uh, the people that, that matter to me, right? And, and, and so try to find the random people that are eating at the DFAC and stuff like that, and that's who I like to talk to. Because a lot of times you'll you get with these leaders, and they want to give you the, we all want to sell Grissom as you know, but I, the best that we see it and, and I wanted the raw information. And so my first impression, obviously I'm here. So, um, you know, we, we thought that this was a great, great opportunity for us to get back to the Midwest. We're both from the Midwest. I'm from the Ozarks in Missouri, but, um, it was very Midwest feel, very friendly, very, uh, the basis beautiful. The trees, the the build, the facilities seemed nice. The airplanes um, were nice. And then you know, as soon as you'd walk around, and I didn't even wear a uniform, I just walked around in civilian clothes. As soon as people started figuring out who I was, then you know they were, hey, come look at an airplane. Kid. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm just I'm here to talk to people. So uh, went to the gym, went to the DFAC, fac uh, went walk through AMDs, stuff like that. And so we enjoyed it. Yeah, it was nice.
0: Uh, yeah. So probably, uh, if you're trying to get like the raw information, not wearing a uniform would probably be the yeah, correct decision. For sure. yeah. yeah. So, okay. So <clears throat> been here two years, two then. years. Yep. Um, what do you think's the, uh, most significant impact you've had on the wing?
1: Oh man. Um, that's a tough question for me to answer, right? Cause uh, I don't, I don't know how to impact or how to measure my, my impact right? Um, it'll probably be easier if there's a question on, on what things I, I failed at because I, I tend to focus on those things. It's coming. Okay. Don't um, worry. The biggest impact,
2: you know, I guess for me, it's that even in the last probably three weeks,
1: I've had a, a spouse call me on my cell phone. Um, I've had commanders call me, I've had, uh, civilians that we have working on this base call
2: me, um, you know, it,
1: that's probably the biggest impact is that people trust me enough with their, what they're going through or their, um, something that they're facing that they would call me, you know, the choices that they have that, that they, they chose to pick up the phone and dial my number. And I know for some of the airmen that, that call or approach me or, or, you know, out and about, I know that's got to be a bit intimidating. Um, not because of the person I'm, I am, but the, the position that I mm-hmm. hold. And so uh, to me, that,
2: that's impactful to me is that I feel like um,
1: I was their voice. I was there, uh, the ear to listen to and to, to point them in a direction. And so that's, that's all I really care to do is, is just be, uh, you know, here for, for the people and, and make sure that I'm using this rank and this position the way it should be used and that's to give back to everyone else. And so I, I feel like that would probably be you know, there's a lot of things that we did, but that impact. We're talking about that. To me, is to have that on someone's life. To, uh, and just different conversations. As I have announced that I was leaving, and the conversations people have had on, on that you know individual conversation. So, you know, hope and and uh, some were. I remember when you know, I had a conversation last week. Is remember the first time we met, and you know you told me this is what i need to work on this this and this and i i was like well that's the way you see it yeah the way i saw it was, it was like the fourth time we'd met yeah you know and um and you said you wanted feedback and so i gave you feedback maybe it wasn't the feedback that you wanted but now they're like hey, yeah that's i'm glad i got it and I go that way
0: well i don't think like when people say they when people say they want feedback mm-hmm. and someone's actually going to give them the proper feedback they may not you know what I mean, like if I want feedback and you give me feedback that's not necessarily what I wanted to hear, yeah, but that's what I wanted the whole time, but I still would be low, yeah, sometimes it's hard to swallow, right, yeah,
1: I just did that um, some of the chiefs that interviewed here for uh the 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 Comanche position they reach out to me in their own timing, you know, and I tell them all that, hey, we, we all want to win, so it, it sucks to lose, right, and so when you when it's, when you're done with the, you know, when our feelings get done being hurt and stuff like that, and we want to know how to win next time, you know, let me know and I'll I'll be straight up and honest. I'll give you everything I have. I want to try to make you as successful as possible. And so, so I like, I heard that reference the other day is that's not feedback, that's feed forward, right? So feedback is, hey, this is what you did wrong at this time. Feed forward is here's how we're successful in the future. And so I've tried to focus more on that on, hey, let's not look at what we did wrong in the past. Let's what can we do to make things better in the future?
0: I like that. I haven't never even thought about feed forward, but that's yeah. um, I think that's what we're all kind of looking yeah, for. We're looking more want. for feed yeah.
1: forward than feedback. Yeah. Like can't, I can't can't fix can't what I screwed it. up. Yeah. Now, if you're pointing out something that I didn't realize I screwed up, I think Colonel Kuhn's the one that says is I don't mind offending people. I just don't like when I don't know that I did it. Right. Right. It's yeah, like, It's like, you know, tell me if I offended you or tell me if I screwed something up. Yeah. But then also tell me how, how I don't fix, screw that yeah. up in the future.
0: Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I, I suppose this is kind of along the, uh, the same lines. Uh, what, how do you think, how do you think, so we, there's been a lot go on in two mm-hmm. years, a whole lot. Uh, probably COVID is probably the biggest thing. Vaccine rollout. Um, that was a big deal for a lot of people, but there was a lot of other stuff that we had going on. Uh, what, do you think, what do you think people here will remember about you? And you cannot say the podcast. Yeah. there's so only the, like 30 The podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I hope what people take away is that, um, again, that I listened. Right? The only reason why we do this podcast is because as I was walking around, talking to people and I started realizing everybody's got a two to three hour drive here, at least, you know, five to six, you know, even sometimes more. And then I'm talking to them like, what do you listen to? You know, and what kind of music you listen to? Cause that always interests me. And most of them saying podcast. I was like, well, we did podcasts. Would you? Yeah. So hopefully that's
2: kind of the same line. I know you said, I can't say podcast, but I hope
1: they remember that I cared about them. Um, that I fought for him, there was a lot of times where uh, I was in pleading arguments with with Colonel Pemberton about a certain situation or situations or people that I didn't necessarily that's not how I would have done it but i I my job here was to be the voice of airmen right and, and to to fight for, for airmen and so you know I hope that that got relayed is that everything I did was... My intentions were for the good of airmen, uh, to make sure that uh, they come out here and they feel valued, um, that they they know that they're wanted out here, and and that they understand the impact that they have on on this world and and on freedom. And so, uh, I hope we did that. I hope we captured that in some. Um,
0: you can say podcast I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hope suppose. we captured
1: that in some some you know briefings, some um, some speeches, some just um, interactions interactions of just you know uh, I, again, people I think have let me in on more stuff because I'm leaving, but even some of the text messages of some meetings recently that I've had with people that I don't know, I thought man, that was a pretty tough meeting and then they text someone of hey, that guy really cares about people. Like I really thought that, you know, he would go this direction. And when we talk to him about the airman's needs and, and it cares. And so I do, it's, it's hard to put a lot of emotion into this. Uh, a lot of, a lot of heart and, and emotion into
0: it. Yeah. All right. Well, I told you it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think? What do you think? your biggest failure was
1: uh so me personally man that's tough uh the biggest one i think there was a lot of failures a lot of things that we were dealt you know i don't like the fact that uh we we handed out um discipline for for covid vaccines i don't like the fact that we asked people to maybe go against what their religious beliefs were or that um you know uh, that, that maybe even some people were swayed by some disinformation and some misinformation. I don't like the fact that, that people thought that, um, you know, that this was Colonel Pemberton and I's idea. Like, you know, there was a couple of people, last time we went into mask. they were like, well, what's Colonel Pemberton thinking? I'm like, you think this is his idea? Like you think he's sitting around like, how can we really jack with people? Let's put them in mask again. That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm sure
0: you guys enjoyed being in them too. Yeah. I forget, yeah. hate
1: them. But, uh, um, I think my fail- my biggest failure was when I rolled in, uh, I got hit pretty immediately with some, um, from fourth air force and, and just where we were at with some DT boards and stuff like that on, on how far behind like our EPRs were, where IMR stats were at. Uh, some other things, and I rolled in immediately on that. And change moves at the speed of trust, right? And there's two things that people don't like. One is things staying the same, and the other one is change. And so (laughs) I know that me coming in, it,
2: it already probably got people on edge.
1: But I would say that me jumping right in and rolling into fixing problems. I broke my own rule of, you know, I've tried to build my leadership off of no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I didn't have an opportunity to show people how much I cared about them before I started jumping into these are things we're going to fix and I know how to fix these things. And I don't think people take it as
2: well that route. I think
1: my biggest failure was probably that early on of just jumping right in um, and saying, hey, this is, this is going to change, and it's going to change you know,
0: right now. You think that had a lasting effect? Yeah.
1: So, so there's certain people that I know, um, and there's certain squadrons that I know. Uh, there's nothing that will unite a group of people more than a common foe. Right. Right, so you could be a uh, so you're a a Colts fan, you know, and I'm a Chiefs fan. But if we have the same team that we don't like, well, then we're we're together, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Patriots. Yeah, Mm, exactly. Sorry. So yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) my (laughs) two favorite teams: (laughs) the the Chiefs
1: and anybody playing the Raiders, right? (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) so um, so I know that that part of that helped
2: the wing was part of me being the villain uh, in some areas helped unite them to a way that they weren't
1: before.
0: How hard is that to accept though like, Man, for you?
1: Yeah, that's difficult. Um,
0: Cause I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Right. Like that's good for them. Yeah. But it's because of something you did.
1: Well, it, being the bad guy and then allowing leaders inside of there to kind of step up and then feeding those leaders and saying, Hey, Now's your chance to step up. You can continue to make me the bad guy so that you can get this point across and drive it through and unite your squadron or unite your, your flight to move forward. I think that's part of what I signed on for was to do what was best for, for the wing. And that means that sometimes I have to be the, the common force that, you know, the common enemy uh, that people people jump jump on, and it and how hard is it for me? Uh, it's really hard because I I take it all personal. You know, there's uh, there's a couple people in my career that have um, really driven me to to challenge myself. Really driven me to to push uh, push things a little different. To look at things differently. And they're not the people that a lot of like that people that have known me for a long time would think it's really the people that I never could reach. It's that I never could get them off of that villain stage and say, at some point they've got to realize is, oh yeah, like,
2: you know, that he was just doing his job or, you know, he, that wasn't
1: personal, you know, any of that stuff. And that, That bothers me because that's not who I am, you know. I want to, you know, my my personal life um, goal is what I think is for a day, for in the day of the life of the Nate Parks, for my day to be successful. I have to make a positive impact in someone's life, in some way, and so that may mean it's the the lady that's at the checkout store, and you know, Colonel Wiltsy talk about this all the time. Is like you meet three best friends at the at the grocery store in the line. Is I it is it's hard for me to think that that God has blessed me this much and I'm just going to live every day and not try to impact somebody else in a positive way. And so when I feel like I've negatively impacted someone, it it really it really bothers me. Um, but I also understand it's part of the job.
2: And so you know, for me, when I
1: lay down at night that's a lot of times what i think about is okay how do we make a positive impact today and and how do we do better tomorrow at it so um
2: yeah so i guess the biggest failure
0: well so it's what you you would see as a failure and 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 other people Mm -hmm. would probably classify it that way too and but you've got the good and the bad from it yeah would you have done anything different?
1: Um, yeah, man, I'd always do stuff different, you know, hindsight, um,
0: yeah. Monday morning quarterback. Yeah.
1: I'd be stupid not to. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think, I think about, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I think six months into this, I sent out an email base wide that said, this is the why that we're doing things. I should have started with that. Should have started with the why, and not the. This is the, the thing, right? These are the things that we needed to do. Should have started with this is the why that we do things. And I think it would have had a different impact. So, but I, I also think there's two people that committed suicide while I was here, and, and that, uh, those, those two names set in my wallet before I hand out any business card to anyone with my name on it. That's the sticky note that I see first is there two names. Um, because I, I feel like, again,
2: my job is to make an impact. How did I not
1: make an impact there? And that's just how my, that's how I operate. And, and that's, that's, that's the pressure I put on me uh, and,
2: the, and the, how serious I took this job
0: what um like you're talking about your impact on other people what impact has grissom or the wing had on you positive or negative
1: yeah so huge huge positive impacts right so my son is going to college here uh in indiana and and uh, he graduated from here you know so there will always be those pieces but i think The people of Grissom, as I I walk into this new position, the big pieces that I look at now is, hey, I want you to to be good at two things. Number one is I want you to be good
2: at your job. Whatever your AFSC is,
1: I want you to be good. I want you to be credible inside of that. Uh, I want to see how credible you are. Like, I want to know if you're, um you know i'm an air crew dude right so you know it was you, you became you know for here you were a boom operator then you were a boom operator instructor then you were a boom operator evaluator and then i want you to to be reaching out and inside of that that boom operator and be, how can you go to a test and evaluation how can you be the guy or gal that is is trying new things that they want to hey let's let's give it to this person let's and so it's the same way with, you know, the maintainers. You're at that three level, you're at the five level, you're at the seven level. You know, how do you get to that nine level? How are you, how are you on that cutting edge? How are you innovative inside of your career field? How are you changing the scope of your career field? Are you leaving a, a mark on that? And then, uh, and I think Grissom taught me that in the fact that it was one of the pieces that when I came here is everybody talked about is, Um, you know, we have, we're the best KC 135 wing out there.
2: And it was true. And I saw
1: that second piece that I would tell people that are, you know, probably, you know, it, it changes for different ranks, but the impact that they
2: had was, I think I, sometimes when I did that in my career, is I missed out on how I could have made an impact in the wing. And so, um, Grissom really opened my eyes to that too, is just, you don't, doesn't take a position for you to have an
1: impact in the wing, just takes opportunity. And so, it's one of the things that we continue to try and try to do is provide more and more opportunities for people to make an impact in the wing whether that's in the diversity inclusion, whether that's in the, the spark cell, whether that's in top three, rising six, you know, the, the family day. Um, I mean, you, you name it, the career fair, fair uh, we want to give you an opportunity to make an impact here and make a name for you in this wing. And so, you know, Grissom really brought that around uh, to me because I saw people in this wing even that
2: were some of the best I'd ever seen at their jobs.
1: But no one else knew them on this base. And it's like, we're way too small of a base to, for, for you not to be known. For your impact
2: not to be felt across this base. And so, um, but it also reminded me that, I've said this
1: since, you know i joined so crazy
0: thing is is oh is today today the day Two days ago two days ago
1: 26 years ago two days ago that i i left for basic training and and i said it then when i got in basic training is and i would look around and i'm like hey where's everybody from right and and everybody would say a big city right so if you if you were there you'd be like i'm from indy right and then the only reason why you said that is because nobody knows Delville. The, yeah, no yeah. you the people from Indianapolis or Indy don't know yeah. Delville, right? And I'm, you know, if people ask me is I'm from Kansas City. The only reason why I say Ozarks now is because the show the show Ozark. Yeah. Right? Because if I said I'm from Warsaw, people are like Warsaw, Indiana? No, Warsaw, Missouri. But what I realized was that the military and you look at the leaders that are in the military and stuff like that it is rammed by small town USA. It is it is a bunch of people, and I have a theory behind that is, and it and Grissom reminded me of that. The reason why is because when you grow up in a small town, it's a little different now with Amazon and everything else. But when you grow up in a in a small town, you had to figure out ways to fix problems. You know, if you were out bucking hay or or you know working on the cattle farm or mending fence or or you're out. Doing whatever, working on cars, doing whatever you were doing, you had to figure out a way to to fix those things without jumping on a computer, getting to the Amazon, or getting to whatever. And so we, we created a bunch of problem solvers, and there's, there's some full of them. I mean, it's just it's crazy uh, how how many people here just can innovate and and solve problems. And so
2: yeah, that's. It was a great reminder of the what the Midwest brings to the fight.
0: What do you? Um, we're we're pretty short now, right? What like a week? I got fifteen days left. Fifteen days. What are you? Um, what are you gonna miss uh, most? Don't say the food. <laughs> <Don't>.
1: <laughs> yeah. What am I miss
0: most about Grissom or Indiana or what? Well, uh, Mm. Is, is Grissom your guys' first time ever being in Indiana? Yeah. All right, well, then let's go. Well, how about we just do both? Because yeah. there's a family aspect here, too. Right. Um, so,
1: what I'll miss most about Grissom is I felt like I could walk around the space and know everybody. You know, no stories, no lives, no, you know, whether somebody's wife just had kids or somebody's husband just got a new job or, you know, somebody's factory, uh, that they're working at their, their husband's factory is cutting their hours. So they're out here, you know, making a little money on this side to where they can help pay for those things. Um, you know, kids and sports and I'll miss that. Um, you're going to a big city. Yeah. So going out to to DC, um, but we, we bought in a small community. So we're out. I, I chose to drive more so that we could continue to have that small town feel. Um, and that's the same thing with, with, you know, living in Kokomo is everybody knows everybody. It's funny is uh, the most common question you get when, when people figure out that you weren't born and raised in Kokomo or in, in Indiana is, and they'll be like, well, where'd you move here from? I'll say Las Vegas. And they're always like, why, why you would you move here? <laughs> and so I usually ask them the same question back is, why, if it's so bad, why would you, why haven't you moved away? I'm like, there's no walls around this place. Yeah. Why would you stay if it's so bad? Well, I just, I mean, I got family here and, and oh, so. There's a the reason. The greatness of family. Yeah. That's a great reason to stay. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, and so I, I don't know i just missed those little quirks about it you know and just the the person that you know we we sold our home it's like the real estate agent it's like cousins with the person that did the inspection on our home for the other for the buyers right yeah. which then recommended a uh like some of the repairs we needed done a guy that comes out is like the you know third cousin of the you know the real estate agent yeah. on the other sides you know it's it's like everybody was related at our uh-huh. house i was like this is nuts yeah we
0: just have a family reunion here you guys can take care of yes everything. exactly yeah.
1: exactly i was like i feel like a, a sunday brunch you, you knock this bad boy out in no time <laughs> so uh, but i missed i missed that being able to go in and and you know who owns a restaurant you know who um who runs that business you you know go to the the code read downtown and eat and you see the same people and you start getting building friendships and, and it's just different worlds and it's all together. And, um,
0: it's probably better for your family or you would think, right? Like your perception of it's better to have this close knit instead of like so many people. I've never lived in a big city ever. So I have no idea what that's like.
1: So here's, here's the big difference. And, and this is, I'll say one of the, this would be my piece of advice for people who are lifelong Indiana. When people move in here, Indiana is one of the most welcoming states I've ever been in. People welcomed us in. They were friendly. They were nice. They were all these things. But this weekend is a holiday weekend, right? So what are you doing this weekend?
0: Going to the lakes. Yeah? With who? Uh, Wife, kids, and uh, friends, and their kids, and all sorts of other kids that are up there that are my kids' friends.
1: Yeah. So. That was like the biggest thing is like any holiday, you know, Labor Day is a little bit different, but, um, like Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, when we lived in Vegas or, you know, living in the city, a different city is a lot of people have moved in there from somewhere else. So they don't have family yeah, there. So it's a lot like being active duty in the fact that yeah, you become family. Your family is those military members. Mm-hmm. Your family are, are your neighbors at that point. And so, That was a that was a little bit different here is that, you know, coming from Vegas, nobody's from Vegas. Yeah. And so, you know, it was Thanksgiving. Then we heated our pool and got a taco truck and everybody, you know, all of our friends came over and and there was nobody rushing to their family's house or, you know, we were family at that point. And so, um and that's that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't see is this is a big move for us. Um this is the first time in 28 years that I've lived near my brother. And my brother and I talk on the phone every
2: single day. So we're tight. And so, so that in
1: itself is amazing to me. Um, the, this is the first time in Paul, my youngest boy, he's 13, in eighth grade, this will be the first time that we put a relative on the emergency contact. So things people don't think about. So 13 yep. years old and all of the school, everything else, mm-hmm. we've never put a relative on emergency contact. So we moved here. When we moved here, um, like day two, it's like, hey, you know, great to meet you, Colonel Shaw and, you know, Chris Shaw. Hey, Chris, would you mind being our emergency contact <laughs> if something was to happen to us <laughs> that you would go pick our kids up? She's a phenomenal individual, great person to be at, but. You know, and so then you're every year. It's like changing. You know, you're the, talking to your neighbors. You're like, "Hey, uh, you guys yeah. don't seem like serial killers. Would you pick our kids up <laughs> if something happened to us?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the move is is, is a big one on on that side. You know, I, yeah. I I base everything faith, family, force, and so faith and family made a whole lot of sense, and then. The force also, so it was a good for it was a good win all the way around. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's uh, Indiana has made a huge impact, and so much so that we gave my 18 year old the the oppor- opportunity. Right, he graduated high school. I said, hey, we we'll get you in a in school out there, uh, you know, for college. You want to come out with us? You want to go to those things? And he said, I think Indiana fits me. And I was like, yeah, we do too. And so, um, you know, so he's he's up there in Fort Wayne, going to school. So keep an eye out for him. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and then, yeah. So it it's a great place.
0: I think that's all I got. So I mean, there's more questions on here, but you uh, you seem to go pretty in depth in answers. So you answered all of them with only with me only asking half of them. So oh, okay. Um, I don't know what else you got. Yeah, you know I.
1: It's difficult for me to put a, a bow on this, right? To, to say, hey, I'm going to walk out the door. I feel like there's so much unfinished business. You know, I look at the things that um, we were also able to accomplish. Like we worked with Congresswoman Wolowski and Senator Donato, two, two great friends of Grissom and uh, the late Congresswoman Wurlowski did, did a great job also and was instrumental in 253 positions were being uh, taken from, from
2: Grissom. People would have lost their jobs. We did a
1: lot of battle behind closed doors to make sure that those didn't get taken. You know, we've, we've battled for benefits. We've battled for resources, um, positions. Um,
2: you know, for benefits for people. We've seen a lot of
1: a lot of wins and uh, a lot of a lot of pieces that are maybe still on the on the table to see, you know, whether those things are are gonna happen. You know, I'd love to still see, you know, I wanted to get a coffee shop. I wanted to convert chalks into a coffee shop. I wanted to have a barber shop here. You know, for I wanted a barber to be on base when on friday and saturdays of uta to where someone could just get their hair cut here um we got the food trucks here and we got one you know the, the idea was that we would have rotating food trucks but we've we've settled that for one good yeah and he's, he's delicious right and and uh, you know i feel like we're bringing sports stuff back we're gonna do a, a commander's cup and to where people can compete against each other and and everything but it's it's hard to tie things up i feel like more and more people are getting recognized for the great work that they're doing. You know, we have the outstanding, you know, fire, uh, fire department. We, you know, that gets recognized in the Afric uh, CE squadron of the year. We have the, the firefighter of the year. We have IGE is one about every Africa award and half level award you can do. The, the historian is when it awards the, um, You know our security forces wins the award. Like there's a lot of stuff, and and I look at that and I say, you know, and and that's a culture shift. Like that's a that's a culture innovation. A lot of times we come up with this, and they're like, okay, what what can we do to innovate? Innovation is a culture. Innovation is a space that you create that people have the freedom to say, hey, I feel like this could be done better. I feel like this. We have this opportunity and innovation is a a space that when they do those things and maybe it's not the best idea that they don't walk around, they feel like an idiot. They walk away feeling like their, their voice was heard and that they had, they need to go back to the drawing board and they want to go back to the drawing board because you've inspired them to go back. And so, you know, walking around and seeing more and more of that, seeing, you know, the fact that chief Cassidy wants to keep showing up here uh I, t- I take a lot of pride in that um
2: but i also know that there's a lot of lot of unfinished business you know uh, there's child care was a big one that
1: i wanted to get i wanted to get across the finish line i think it's unacceptable that we have any airman that comes out here and worries about their children during the uta like where they're going to be at who's going to watch them any of those things, I just think it's unacceptable. We're we're asking you to put your life on the line to defend freedom, and we can't provide you a safe spot for your children to go. I I take that square on the chin, like, and, and I've worked hard and and I've worked hard with with Senator Donato and and Stacey Pennington and and a lot of resources, and I think that will come to pass, but it'll be for the next guy, probably
2: for Chief Insinious, right? Um, You know, I, I look at,
1: there was an airman that I talked to and, and she continues to impact my life because a lot of the decisions I make, I think, think of the conversation that
2: her and I had and a pastor in the hallway,
1: um, and of a building and just said, good morning, it's on the UTA. Just the response, it felt
2: like there was something more. So I pulled her aside and said, hey, can we have a conversation? Like, it seemed like there's something that bothered you. She goes on to talk about how um, in a battered spouse's shelter with her kids, um, about how she was in the hospital because her husband, you know, beat her, abusive. And I listened to the story, and I said, hey, you know, you, <laughs> we can, we've got resources. You don't
1: have to be here. She said, this is the safest place I get to go every month. And, and so those stories come in time and time again. People have, I mean, you and I have talked to people that, that this is not the country they grew up in. Yeah. And they talk about their childhood and, and facing repression and facing, you know, the government tyranny and all these things. And they were like, I just want to serve a government that allows freedom. And to hear those stories, you know, over and over
2: again here. Um, and we've tried to feature some of those.
1: You know, there's a guy right up the road that was, um, he's a guardsman. And Ar- he's an Army Guardsman, Indiana Army Guardsman, is in Iraq doing a normal tour and so he gets told, hey,
2: pack your bags. Okay. They're like, we're forward deploying you. I'm like, what? I'm a doctor. I'm like, huh. why are you forward
1: deploying me? <laughs> you know, like, my, my work's done here. He shows up at this location that he doesn't even know where he's, you know, at. Um, and he becomes Saddam Hussein's personal
2: doctor for the whole time that he was in captivity till his death.
1: That dude walking around, you know, he's, he walks on this base. Like it's, there's story after story of phenomenal people that are resilient people that continue to push forward, that continue to want to serve, that, that continue to want to come out here after. I mean, we've faced four wheel accidents, motorcycle accidents, we've faced, you know, deaths and complications from from medical procedures and, and, you know, uh, cancer and I mean, you name it and and we faced it and I am continue to be inspired by those people that come back and they're like, I still want to serve.
2: And then we got other people that the first bit of adversity comes and they're like, I'm done. And it, it takes all of us. You know, to to figure out where we're at on that spectrum. It takes all of us to say, All right, I'm not doing this because of my supervisor. So if I have a bad supervisor, I'm still gonna do this. And I'm still gonna do a great job at it. So I've been there. Um and I just I don't think I can thank the people of Grissom enough for putting That
1: message so deep into my heart, of seeing, you know, the Airman Chin's over in um, Aerial Port, that he's a first generation American, you know, born in China,
2: and looks at the PRC and says, "I don't want anything to do with the People's Republic of China. Uh, I want to serve a country that's free."
1: So next month he's going to get a citizenship. And to me, it just, it, that kind of stuff. I'm like, how can I not, can, how can I not serve? How can I, you know, how can I not stand beside these people in front of them, behind them, go before them, whatever, whatever they need. How can I not do those things?
2: And, and Grissom has been that for me.
1: know, um, I'll probably talk about it on, on Saturday, but. Most people don't realize that since I've been here at Grissom, um, you know, my dad battled cancer. I lost my only grandparent that I had living. My daughter became homeless. Um,
2: I lost one of my best friends in a plane crash. Um, I had all of that while I was being command chief. And I never once was like, I don't want to go to work because i knew that there was people here that were going through the exact same thing that they were facing the same thing and and those two names that are in my wallet i think what if i skipped a day that that those people needed me
1: what if that was my day to make an impact and and, and so i guess that kind of goes back to that question you asked earlier is what's, what's the impact that Grissom made on me I always said it,
2: um, I've always tried to live it to where I will treat people like the, res- the respect that, that they deserve, not what they're earning that day, but the respect, because I don't know what they're going through. And I, I got to live that day after day here um,
1: and finding people that were going through some horrific events and people that were going through some freaking phenomenal events, you know, getting picked up for jobs that they never thought they would get picked up for, you know, getting promotions that they never thought was going to happen. Like we got to share and all that stuff. And it's just, there's no other job that I've ever
2: done. That's, that's like this because you got 1,451 people. Um, you have 1,451 families Uh, you have 1,451 friends Uh, and I have told Governor Holcomb this and
1: and Senator Donato and and Congressman Rolowski is if possible I believe that Governor Holcomb would try to mass produce uh, freedom and try to bo- bottle it up and sell it from Indiana, right? Like made, made yeah. in Indiana, right? Like I told him, I said, I don't think you can produce it. But they're definitely manufacturing some patriotism around here. And we were just at lunch, Colonel Pemberton and I, and, and I can't. every person that came in
2: stopped at our table and said, hey, thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. And I am just like, it, it's just, it's phenomenal. And so uh, I said, thanks, you know,
1: for this being your state. Um, you as a representative of Indiana, I don't know if they're happy about that or not.
0: But well, that's, that's yet to be determined. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You as a college athlete from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, thanks. Uh, and, and thank you for giving me this opportunity. Never had a mic like this in front of my face.
0: Neither have I. And I,
1: and I, I came to you and said, I got this crazy idea. And he said, well, let's figure it out. Um, and so
2: thanks for letting me be innovative. Thanks for providing that that culture.
1: Um, you know, thanks for, like, there was a lot where I'm like, let's do this on social media. Let's do this on social media. It's like, okay, we have AFIs. It's yeah. something we got to follow. <laughs> but you could create your own social media. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks for your friendship. Um, And and thanks for allowing me to do this. And and hopefully we reach people and impact people. Thanks, Chief. Yeah, appreciate it.